What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TanningManBaseballFan.com. Uh, the title of this podcast is How to Build a Free Baseball Card Collection. I hope that's not too terribly misleading um, because you will need some money to start off with uh, for this, and sometimes it's not always free. Uh, sometimes it'll be low cost or whatever, but in any event, it is a very, uh, very big possibility that you can build something for free that's meaningful. Um, I will get into that in a few minutes, but to start off with, I wanted to uh, direct your attention to my YouTube uh, page, youtube.com forward slash tanmanbaseballfan. And uh, I'm in the middle of doing a three-part video series of uh, my baseball card, or my uh, Jose Canseco collection, uh, and what it is today. So I did the first uh, episode last night, and by the way, I'm saying episode like very loosely. <laughs> it's it's literally me just like recording on uh, my phone in video as opposed to what I'm doing now, which is recording on my phone in audio. Um, but I was uh, up real late last night. I had to get a few things uh, for work done. And so it was uh, a little bit past midnight and I was thinking, you know, I'm probably not going to do this uh, during the day, so I might as well do it now. So I took uh, this box of stuff that I had of uh, Canseco pieces and I laid them out on the kitchen uh, table and uh, you know everybody else was asleep so it was just kind of me uh, talking quietly into my phone <laughs> as I was recording but um, what I did was I, I uh, took all the contents in the box and the, and the contents in the box by the way were these pieces of uh, game used and player worn items that I had Jose Canseco sign when I went to his house. Um, so uh, that included a lot of uh, slices of bat knobs, uh, various bat barrel pieces, uh, other chunks of bat, uh, letters from his jersey, from every jersey, uh, or from every team that he played on, rather, as far as the jerseys go. So uh, he played for seven teams, so I had uh, seven nameplates, basically. Um, what else was there? There's a lot of stuff like that. So the the bat pieces were from a game used bat that I got and I chopped up. It was fun. It was great to. It was a great memory because I don't really talk a whole lot about my time with Kenseko's uh, uh, house because it happened you know, probably about four and a half years now, and a lot of people don't even know that happened uh, <laughs> that I converse with nowadays. So kind of seems like ancient history, but uh, you know, whenever I really think about it, it's like. Oh man, that was so awesome. Uh, but that box was a good reminder of how everything happened. I uh, got some really great inscriptions on pieces and just really enjoyed the heck out of it. So anyhow, uh, that's uh, video one that's on my YouTube page at Tayman Baseball Fan. Uh, so youtube.com forward slash Tayman Baseball Fan. That's video number one. Video number two is going to be uh, an overview of the customs I've created for my collection of Kinseiko. Now, a lot of them, if not all of them, have been cards I've showcased uh, to you through my website or on the forums uh, over the past, oh, I don't know, five, six years. But uh, I don't think I've really showcased them all together. And uh, I'm sure that like many of them have not seen the light of day. And uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, one that I had posted the other day, uh, just picture like, few weeks ago was of a type of a gypsy queen style card 
that had a jumbo piece of a game used baseball and uh, I looked at it, I pulled it from the box and I go, man, that's really cool looking. And it was fun to see what I had done in the past um, and uh, appreciate it probably more now than I did when I made them. But anyway, so I posted the pictures on uh, social media and everybody went nuts and they're like, oh, that's incredible, it's awesome. And it was kind of fun for me to get that feedback again because I looked at it and go, yeah, this is kind of neat. I really do like it. So I think now it's probably time for me to really kind of pull out everything and show a video. So at some point this week, maybe early next week, I'll uh, do a, a nice little video of all the custom cards of Canseco there in my collection right now. Last but not least, the third video is going to be of the actual Jose Canseco baseball cards, the real ones that are in my collection. So it's been about a year and a half now uh, since I told everybody that I was gonna walk away from super collecting. And uh, just as a quick recap, uh, the way it went down is I was uh, planning on uh, purchasing an extremely large Canseco collection felt like, uh, you know, last minute I felt like God didn't want me to do this. I didn't hear a, you know, booming voice or anything from the sky. I just, you know, felt, uh, felt led to not do that. And in the same breath, I started thinking, if I'm not getting this collection, what else am I doing? I feel like I've got almost everything else. So I, I made the decision myself to go ahead and uh, sell out of everything. So uh, as the rest of the story goes, after I sold most of everything, most everything, uh, I decided that I'd go ahead and uh, keep some of the pieces that I really like the most. So I did that, and over the past year and a half, I've uh, started taking notice of other cards that I really enjoyed and appreciated. So basically, I've uh, I've curated um, this uh, collection of, you know, it's, it's microscopic compared to what I used to have, but this collection of super meaningful beautiful cards that uh <laughs> gotta say i'm just like super excited to share with everybody so um that's going to be video three and that will be up uh, i guess probably at some point uh next week unless i get like super hyped about this and do the custom video tonight and the <laughs> the card collection video tomorrow probably not going to happen i just got way too much stuff going on uh but that's that so spend a few minutes on what's going on uh in YouTube land there for me, uh, but uh, to move forward as far as uh, this podcast goes and the, the subject matter of it is how to build a free baseball card collection. Now, if you've been following along my, my writings, whether it be through articles that I've written on forums or in my book, you've probably heard me use the term cardboard alchemy. Love that term love that term so much. It's one of my favorite things. It's uh, basically the name that I've given this little game that I like to play, which is, uh, uh, I'll just give you a working example. It's when you uh, make a purchase of a collection and uh, let's say it's a collection for $200 and you sort out the things that you want to keep. You sell everything else for $200 or more and you end up having all these other cards for free. Uh, that is my favorite. I love it. So I personally uh, 
you know don't want to just right away flip a collection that's uh, that I get for 200 for 300 and pocket 100 and that's it um, I love the feel of having some super special cards for free along with it and uh, it's absolutely doable and I think there is uh, certainly a lot of room for this type of content because I believe there are far too many collectors out there that are living from auction to auction and the only way that they're getting cards are two, one of two ways. Number one, they're being the winner, the high bidder of these auctions or they're opening packs. Now, neither of these ways are generally speaking going to be the best way to build a collection that could be something that you can turn around and flip uh, for profit down the road. So, um, I don't necessarily want to speak out against it because, you know, look, to be honest with you, there are ways to uh, make money in both of those scenarios. Also, I'm just saying that the majority of time uh, that, that collectors build their collections in those two areas, uh, they're not going to be uh, profitable down the road, which is fine because, you know, this is a hobby that we want to enjoy. It's just, for me personally, um, I find the hobby a lot more enjoyable when, uh, it is not a, uh, a financial liability. So, with all that to say, um, you know, <laughs> I will say this: it's a, it's a very much so a uh, challenging thing to find something uh, online that you could purchase and then sell down the road for profit. Uh, it takes time, uh, for sure, and it's definitely doable. Um, I mean, I've been doing this for, gosh, probably about ten years now. Uh, it's, you know, heck, even, you know, as a kid, I did this stuff a lot, you know, so it's not like rocket science. If I can do it, you can do it, right? Um, but it does take some time. And I'll give you an example. Like, uh, I was uh, notified by eBay recently that uh, I had the eBay bucks expire, um, or that they're going to expire in, in like 24 hours or something from like a day or two ago or something like that. Uh, and so I was like, oh shoot, I forgot about that. So I looked and it looks like I had a little over a few hundred dollars, uh, from, uh, eBay bucks that I had to, uh, uh, make purchases with, uh, by the end of like the next day or two, or they're going to go away. So I certainly was not going to be interested in, uh, in letting it go away because it's like, you know, being super wasteful, of course. So my first thought was like, well, what can I do as far as cars go that I want to keep? What do I want out there uh, that's going to be a few hundred dollars that I want to keep for my personal collection? Man, I looked. <laughs> I looked for a very long time. And there were a handful of cars I wanted, but it was only going to, that amount was only going to really knock out a portion of the cards that I wanted. And so... Uh, I didn't feel comfortable in making a large purchase uh, without really kind of uh, being patient on finding the right one. In other words, I didn't want to be constrained by the times of uh, the e-bucks ex expiring um, for me to make a large uh, personal collection purchase. So what I did is I shifted gears. So, well, okay, I'll tell you what, I'm going to check on eBay. I'm going to look for something I can resell down the road. Man, <laughs> easier said than done. It's like, uh, 
again, it's something that, you know, even for me, I've done this, like I said, for about a decade now. And even still, when you're looking and you're like, okay, there, there are millions of cards out there. I just need to target something within these parameters that is going to yield me uh, profit down the road. So, because that's what I wanted to do with this money. I didn't, I didn't view it as like, oh, I'm playing with house money. Well, now I intentionally made purchases on eBay buck days um, over the past quarter. So that way I could wisely spend this money. So all that to say, um, I looked and looked and looked and I was trying to, it's racking my brain. It's funny because, you know, you have work and family time. You got to take care of the baby and, um, you know, hang out with my son and, you know, have some quality time with my wife. And, you know, so there's a lot of stuff going on inside this 24, 48 hour period. <laughs> so, you know, uh, looking on eBay takes the back seat, uh, even though there's uh, uh, money involved like that. So anyways, I, I was trying to think where I was having the problem, like problem looking uh, for the right card or cards to purchase. And so uh, ultimately I came to the realization that it's really a niche thing or a niche thing, depending on where you, where you live. If you're in Canada, it's a niche, I guess. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, uh, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to look for something like a, a, a nice vintage graded Jackie Robinson or a Mickey Mantle or, you know, uh, something that I know could, I could flip. But as I was looking, uh, 99 times out of a hundred, everything that was listed was at a higher price than what they had been selling for previously, which obviously that makes sense. Duh. Of course, they're going to be priced higher, uh, than what they've sold for before. Otherwise they would not be, uh, for sale anymore. They would have sold already. So, uh, I kept looking and I was thinking, well, what about nineties inserts now? Let me see if there's, uh, you know, some other like, uh, low end pre-war commons and, I found a few, but what didn't really excite me. What about some off-the-wall Babe Ruth cards? Because they do really well, too. And uh, ultimately, I ended up finding a pretty decent uh, deal on a 1955 Bowman Mickey Mantle. And the reason why I uh, chose that is because, um, for one, I mean, it's an iconic set. I mean, it's a color TV design work. I don't think color TV didn't exist until like, you know, 14 years after that or something. Um, but 55 Bowman is also the last year that Bowman was around until Topps resurrected it in 1989. Um, and that also, uh, uh, ushers in the, um, rest of the, uh, Mickey Mantle Topps cards because Mickey Mantle didn't have a Topps card for, 54, 55 because of, I believe, uh, his exclusive license with Bowman. So I decided to settle on that. Now <laughs> I did, uh, did have a little bit of a problem here. Um, I made an offer on another card. Uh, it's a Jose Altuve. It was a, uh, triple patch. One of them was jumbo nameplate and everything. And, uh, made a really good offer on it. Uh, Good for me if it was accepted <laughs> and uh but i didn't need it anymore because i already landed the mickey mantle well <laughs> come to find out the uh the guy decided to uh take my offer and not counter so <laughs> so i've got a couple really nice cards uh coming in so uh what i can do from here with these two cards is i could either flip them and have some extra money for some more cards or 
I could look out there and see what I can trade. And so I think I might try to uh, do some trading too because Altuve, fantastic player, everybody loves him. Mantle, I mean, yeah, I say more, everybody wants Mantle. So, uh, but you know, as far as uh, as far as you know, getting a free collection, you kind of want you kind of want to think in the, in those terms. You've really almost have to uh, flip a switch in your brain uh, to think, okay, I'm not going to be looking anymore as being as finding cards only that I cannot live without, and therefore put myself in the situation where I'm going to bid uh, as much as it's going to take to win this card at auction. Um, not going to put as many dollars toward packs or boxes or cases anymore. Um, you know, so the mindset has to be what out there, eBay or otherwise, can I buy possibly in bulk? Uh, you know, and when I say bulk, I mean like in collections or lots or whatever. And what out there right now? And there's not always something that's going to be, be available. Sometimes it'll just appear. You just have to be vigilant in, in you looking. But every now and then, you'll find a collection. And the way the collection is being sold, uh, a lot of times it's going to be from somebody that, number one, doesn't want to go through the hassle of selling cards one at a time. Okay. Number two, they might not even care about collecting anymore. They're just moving on. Or number three, they just uh, need money so they can uh, pay bills or you know move their funds to another uh, collectible or investment or something like that or even pay for a vacation I've even I've picked up cards before because people wanted to go on vacation instead so uh, you know it's always a possibility as well so with that said you know there's a lot of deals out there even potentially now but you really just kind of have to keep your eyes open so the trick is to really do your your research now if you have obviously like you know maybe start out with like a uh, you know, I don't know, $50, $100, $200 budget. And look for not just the quickest deal, but the right deal. It's very important. The money that you make on these is going to be not necessarily for what you sell it for, but how much you've bought it for. So you need to make sure that the price that you pay for these uh, collections uh, is the right price. So, and what that means is you need to be able to make sure that you can make enough money off of the cards that you're selling or that you're picking up to justify doing the flip in the first place. Um, and so as we're going through this journey together of creating you a uh, free baseball card collection, that also means uh, being able to sell the cards uh, that you don't want out of the collection for as much as you paid for the entire thing or more or even close to it and so uh you know if you have a 300 dollars card collection that's presented to you look at the at the best cards in there look at what they've actually sold for uh factor in uh how much the paypal fees are the uh, ebay fees are if you're going to plan on flip them uh, and flipping them on ebay and see if it makes sense and uh when i tell you it's not a you know building a free baseball card collection is not uh something that's uh going to be super uh super duper um easy to do it's going to take work but that's really kind of uh you know kind of the variable here is it's either 
uh, your money that you put up or your time that you put up. Now, because this is such an enjoyable hobby to me, I have no problems whatsoever putting up all kinds of time <laughs> in this. I love looking. I love the process of it. I love hunting and I love uh, finding that right deal and it coming to fruition. And I love putting them up online and I love finding the right buyer and coming away with uh, a bunch of cards for free. And uh, I'll give you, I'm going to try to think of an example here real quick. Ah, yes. Okay, so I've got a couple uh, uh, stories to share with you. So the first one is like a super simple thing. I looked on eBay. I've been looking to complete a uh, 2019 Panini Prism Albert Pujols uh, Tier 3 Rainbow, which, by the way, if you know uh, where some of these are, please let me know. It's the Cardinals version of them, not the Angels. Uh, looking for the Cardinals version. But anyways, I ran across a... Uh, uh, forest green flash version of his out of five and uh i picked up my first one i think it was uh i uh, don't remember 70 or 80 bucks something like that uh a little higher than i wanted to to go but uh then i noticed one came online uh that was being sold for i think like 20 if i remember correctly well i picked that up because i knew that was a good deal uh and I'm using some numbers that are like very foggy in my memory, uh, but uh, I do know that once I got it, I had no intention of keeping. I was just going to flip it. So uh, the next day after I got it, I put it on eBay, and I think I sold it for uh, 60 or similar. So uh, it's kind of fun to think of it that way that instead of me having 70 or 80 into the copy that I have now, it's a... Uh, you know, maybe 40 or, or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> I, I cannot math right now, guys. It's, uh, <laughs> it's me, uh, walking around late at night and everything. But anyways, uh, so that was a quick one. It was easy. And I gotta tell you, like it drives me nuts. And it also excites me to know that eBay is filled with fantastic deals right now, but all it takes is having to, uh, know, what uh, something is worth and knowing where to dig. So um, as a matter of fact, I think there's probably a tremendous amount of money that can be made on cards right now if you just know what to look for and how much things are worth. So that was a card that was like an easy 40 bucks or whatever for me profit only because I knew how much that card specifically uh, was going to go for and that I was already looking for 2019 uh, Prison Pujols cards. Had I not been looking for it, I wouldn't have known. So uh, kind of a kind of a thing just to, to you know, remind yourself that you know, if you uh, keep looking, things are going to come up. That's just how it goes. You'll, uh, you'll get luckier the more, you, uh, uh, more work you put into it, I guarantee it. But a bigger deal, and I'm going to use some... Uh, uh, some numbers that are very fuzzy to me here because, again, this is probably, oh, man, I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago, um, I think. But uh, anyway, so there's a guy that, that I went over to uh, pick up a collection of off of, um, and uh, it was local. And I, I know that there were probably 12 
to 16, maybe even 20 boxes of cards that were mainly like uh, um, uh, common, or not commons, but uh, stars, rookies, inserts, parallels. And the thing was, is like in these boxes, uh, a lot of them were lower end, but then there were a few boxes that were like really good. Like I'm talking like amazing stuff. Like we had some uh, some vintage, some one of ones, uh, some massive patch cards, um, just a kind of collection that really gets you thinking, okay, maybe I can do something with this. So <clears throat> uh, what I did is I decided to um, uh, break them down there in my head while I was uh, uh, in the garage of this person to see what I could do for each box. So I thought, okay, if I'm uh, paying, you know, 30 bucks a box of these uh, Stars Rookies and Inserts, it's probably going to be fine because I think I can make at least 50 a box or something or, you know, whatever it was. And that doesn't even uh, take into consideration the, the big stuff, you know, the really good cards. And uh, it's actually making me I'll tell you what, you know, by the way, when you do deals like this, always take pictures and keep the pictures because it's always fun to reminisce the, the stories, you know, like whenever you catch like a big fish when you're fishing or something. Um, it's always fun to remember where you've been and, and how each deal went. But so I maybe I'll look up those pictures when I get back. But uh, anyways, so I thought, okay, I think I'm going to be safe if I offer... Uh, this guy, you know, $1,200 or whatever it is. And uh, ultimately he ended up taking it. And uh, um, after that, uh, I remember he had other cards to show me, which uh, were cards he wasn't really planning on selling, uh, but they were sets. And there are a lot of sets in there actually, so I uh, have newer cards. So I ended up uh, buying those as well for pretty cheap. It was, it was a nice little add-on because I'd already spent $1,200 with them. So the sets, if I remember correctly, I think I ended up selling um, those quote-unquote add-on sets for maybe close to half of the entire initial investment. And they ended up going to a, a buddy of mine uh, that uh, is a political analyst um, that works over... Uh, over at uh, NBC, I think it is, um, which is very cool. He, he's always on uh, television or anything, so it's kind of fun to be able to uh, see him on television and say, hey, that, that guy's got a bunch of uh, my cards. I knew he was looking for them, so I reached out, and you know, sure enough, he got them and you know, loves them. But that was, uh, that was half of the investment right there. Um, and I still had all these awesome boxes. So... What I did is I, it took a few different sales to, um, to make everything work, work out right. Uh, but, uh, I remember being able to sell those low end boxes to a couple of people that came over and, uh, I ended up making my money back in a few hundred dollars more. Uh, and what I was left with was just this incredible collection. I mean, it was so cool. And so I was looking at, I remember seeing these like Ted Williams cards and, and the jumbo patch cards and, uh, some of the other pre-war cards is just really kind of all over the map. And I was thinking, I, I looked at them, I go, you know, I probably never would have, uh, targeted any of these cards, uh, if I saw them for sale on eBay, like personally, I have a very specific, uh, role 
uh, a rule that whenever I look for cars, you know, I definitely, like right now, for instance, I'm targeting specific uh, Hall of Fame players that are graded, uh, low grade in uh, PSA or SGC uh, form of uh, guys that are, you know, been playing around the uh, uh, turn of the century. So, you know, a, uh, you know, card of, I don't know, like a 1962 top Sandy Koufax, for instance, um, great card, but it's not something that I would really uh, purchase. Same goes with like a, same goes for like a 1951 Bowman Ted Williams. I wouldn't really target that card, so uh, therefore it could go on eBay a million times from now to Sunday, and I never really would pay attention. Um, but um, I have a fresh set of eyes as a uh, reseller on these cards, knowing that I was able to uh, make back all of my initial investment, uh, put a few hundred dollars in my pocket, and still have this incredible collection for absolute uh, free, uh, for absolutely free. And it's so cool. It's so cool to be able to have those. Now, this is where it gets a little more exciting and interesting as well. So um, if you have, because not everybody has $1,200 to put in a cards, especially if they don't know that they can actually make money off of it. So what I would recommend is, first of all, to uh, do exactly like I did 10 years ago when I first started and start cheap. Start with the $50 lots, the $75 lots, um, you know, the $100 or $200 lots. Uh, you got to, I think Mark Cuban always said, you got to crawl before you ball. <laughs> and uh, it's true, though. It's absolutely true because you got to make sure that you're comfortable. You, know, you shouldn't have to have like this big worry of this $1,200 purchase if it's going to, uh, you know, do anything for you. Because uh, it'd be a, quite a scary thing for me, people out there that might buy a $1,200 collection and only be able to get 600 out of it. Uh, it's not fun. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to be that, in that position. So uh, practice this. Learn as much as you can. Practice uh, and eventually there's going to be a big deal out there that's a home run for you and you'll be able to pick it up. So uh, to go back to what I was saying before, uh, this is where it can get really interesting and really exciting really fast. So this is not the route that I took with this collection, by the way. I sold out because <laughs> I didn't really want to uh, go through go with this route. But I have in the past. And I think this will be really fun for you, um, especially if you're uh, really interested in building something meaningful for free. So uh, as it turned out, I probably had, if I remember correctly, about $2,500, maybe $2,500 worth of uh, free leftover uh, cards. So, uh, like I said, Ted Williams, Wooly Mays, Sandy Koufax, and then there's some newer ones of, uh, you know, jumbo patches of maybe like Rob Neal or Gary Carter. I'm just giving you examples. I don't really remember specific, all those specific uh, names, which is really making me want to go back home now and, uh, and look back in the pictures. <laughs> but, uh, you know, anyway, so we're looking at $2,500 to $3,000 worth of resale value here, and it's all free. So at that time, you can either sell those and do whatever you want with the money, uh, or you could put those up for sale or for trade. And it's fun to be able to add a whole new dimension 
of your collection by trading because when you trade uh, you might find somebody uh, that like let's say you uh, collect mm, Bo Jackson for instance I found like an awesome meme on Bo Jackson I posted on Twitter earlier today so I'm using him but let's say you love Bo Jackson and you come across a pre-war guy um, that uh, really is collecting or trying to complete a, a 1934 uh, Gaudi set or something and uh, he sees a few of the cards that you have and uh, um, you know, you, he really, really wants those. He doesn't give a rip about Bo Jackson. So that trade there is going to go in your favor, most likely. Um, you know, it's just the, the key is to find these cards, homes, right in the places of the people that just salivate over them. So, uh, you know, when you do that, you can either, you know, like I said, either sell them and use the funds elsewhere, or, uh, you can, uh, trade and so I like trading I hardly do it because it is more time in intensive like it's easier for me to sell to buy and sell because everybody's got cash to um, there's not everybody's got cash but there are always people out there with cash to sell and uh, to buy and all that so now with that said you know you, you use that method um, those methods um, I guarantee you with some practice, you'll be able to build something meaningful that is free. And, uh, you know, there's some of my favorite stories. Like I, uh, I enjoyed those stories in my life, in my journey so much more than the time that I might've pulled a big card in a pack, which by the way, has hardly, has rarely ever happened. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like winning the lottery, so to speak is, uh, you know, like buying a pack is kind of putting, your de the destiny of your collection is somebody else's hand, like just in chance. Uh, I like to put my own destiny in my own hands by betting on me and doubling down on what I can do, which is find deals, buy them, turn them around for profit, and keep cards left over for free. And uh, you know, so that's the formula right there, guys. Um, is absolutely doable for anybody and everybody out there, whether you're starting with. $25 or $2,500. Um, and you can get just as much enjoyment, maybe not just as much money or cards, but you can get just as much enjoyment uh, finding a little $25 deal and being able to sell for $50 and realizing that you, you have this $25 in your hand that you didn't before and it got there in your hand because of something that you love. And, uh, you know, it's a... Uh, it's a definitely a blessed thing to be able to do that. So uh, with all that said, um, I will go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, as always, if you have any questions for me, hit me on Twitter at TanmanBBFan, email TanmanBaseballFan at gmail.com. Uh, I am always buying collections, of course. Uh, if you have anything, let me know what you got. Um, if you have any questions on how to move a uh, certain collection or if you just want another set of eyes on what you're doing, I mean, I'd be happy to help out. So, uh, also feel free to check out my website, TanManBaseballFan.com, and my book available on Amazon, Confessions of a Baseball Card Addict. Thank you so much again for listening. Uh, last thing, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. Have a great evening.